Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 284 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Donna Armstrong, Donna lives in Barrie, Ontario, and she is a medical radiation technologist with a specialty in nuclear medicine. Welcome, Donna. Hi, Jen. It's such a pleasure, such an honor, a privilege to have some time with you. I feel like I'm, I'm talking to a, a oh. rock star. <laughs> well, you're the Beyonce. Well, no, you're not Beyonce. quite, but I'm just regular Jen. I'm Jenny from the block. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Jenny's from the box. I'm still, I'm just a normal, normal girl, (laughs) but I'm just somebody that has a message and loves to share it. And it's my honor and privilege to talk to each and every guest because, you know, intermittent fasting is such an amazing way to live our lives. 
that I love connecting with people who have made it a part of their life and are just as excited about it as, as I am. Yeah, I've been consistently since September 1st, 2021. So I'm past my IF anniversary in a few months. And you know what? It is certainly not something new, something no fad. I mean, anyone who lived 100 years ago probably didn't eat a meal, three meals a day, or even, you know, 200 years ago, there wasn't necessarily food available. So the fact that we are eating three meals a day and snacking in between and then snacking after to have dessert, it just seems a little crazy for your body to try to uh, not necessarily absorb that, but nutrient-wise to use it all. So I think this is, you're going to something that is really the way humans have lived for thousands of years no matter what culture. When we look back in time at, you know, what we know throughout history, you know, you compare the health of the kings and the queens and the noblemen who ate all the rich food all the time. And, you know, they had so much more, you know, that they, they were not healthy. And look at someone like, you know, Henry VIII. You have all these portraits of him as a young man. And then as he aged, and I think he only died maybe in his late 40s, early 50s. I don't know. He didn't live that long, but, but yeah. He was portulent or whatever they called, you know, his armor, you can see it. I have been to the White Tower, the Tower of London, and there's some armor there, I think of his, and it's massive. He had many sets of armors over his life. So yeah, he definitely didn't restrain himself. Food was available for him. And- we don't want to eat like the kings did. We want to eat like the peasants so we can be strong. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? And so we know it was September 1st of 2021. Tell us about that. And I think like everybody, you know, you're going through the pandemic situation and the lockdowns and, the, you know, things open up and that summer here in, in Ontario, Canada, we had just gone through a lockdown maybe in the spring around Easter, and then it sort of opened up. And so finally in the summer of 2021, we could have family gatherings. And, you know, we have a, a family, cot- we call it cottages or camps or summer homes. They're really um, seasonal. Like you can't be there in the winter. They're not heated. The lakes freeze over. You can go visit, I guess, but it would not be very fun. It sounds like it would be miserable. But the summer, the uh, location we have one is um, north of Perry Sound. It's amazing. We were very fortunate to have lakefront property, and so a lot of our family gathered. And you know, a lot of when you have a lot of gatherings, you're doing a lot of cooking, and and usually because you know I'm the mom, the grandmother, I'm organizing the food situation. We're not going out for dinner. We're eating at our cottage, and you know, doing marshmallow roast and different things with fire, you know, like at night and things like that. So overindulgence big time that summer. And I remember thinking, I am not buying another, it was August. I'm not buying another bathing suit size. This is enough. You know, I think I was like, I think the biggest size I had was a 14, maybe it's stretched probably to a 16. I'm like, I'm not going to an 18. This is ridiculous. That was me. That was always my cutoff for whatever reason. I was like, I am not buying an 18. Oh, my daughter loves taking pictures, you know, everybody's, I'm, you know, we're an internet um, immigrant, they're an internet native type thing, native born to using social media. So she's posting all these things. I'm like, please, no, no, I don't want to be posted. (laughs) Yes. Do not tag me. You can get pictures of my feet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the picture you take of the waterfront and you see someone's toes, you know, that, yeah, go ahead. But yes. So I think that summer, I thought that that's enough. I'm turning 60 next year and I'm I'm like, hey, your 50s, nothing worse than being fat in 50. But also, it's not even so much about vanity. It's, it's health concerns. 
And so that summer, for sure, it was like, yeah, I'm not going to Weight Watchers. I'm not, you know, I certainly am well read, you know, eat, uh, what's the, the aisle in the bookstore or whatever, or, or an Amazon about, you know, well-being and things like that. And um, I sort of stumbled upon the bone broth diet. Dr. Petrucci, Kellyanne, which was great. It was interesting. And, and I don't know if I, I think I went on um, the internet and YouTube and stuff. So like, okay, but I had to find a way, you know, you have to make this bone broth and you have to really slow cook it for 24 hours. And you probably have to do it three times a week to make the quantity you need, you know, that you're going to be drinking a lot. And so I was sort of getting complaints about, Hey, it kind of smells. It does (laughs) smell. I just smell like stew, beef stew all the time. <laughs> and, you you know, maybe you could do it in your garage. I don't know. I didn't think of that. But, but um, so anyway, that September, it's a long weekend in Canada. In, in Canada. It's, it's called Labor Day, maybe Memorial Day in the United States, uh, the first Monday of September. And my family was away. I was strange. It was like a long weekend and everybody had things to do. My husband had commitments. So I was by myself. And I thought, I'm just going to drink. I am just going to drink bone broth for three days. If I'm hungry, I'm not eating food. I'm just going to drink this bone broth. And that was great. That, you know, by the third day, I was like, hey, my hunger is quite abated. And I plan to eat my first meal when my husband returned. And so I thought, I wonder if I'm fast. I guess I'm fasting. And then you type in fasting. And then I came across intermittent fasting. And your name is way up there on Google. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is interesting. Delay, don't deny, and fast, eat, repeat without. And I'm like, wow. And the bone broth thing, you know, it was great, but yeah, not really convenient to have it always available and fresh. I mean, you can freeze it and to purchase it, very expensive. I don't get why bones are so expensive, but bone broth to purchase is expensive. Um, just pure. Well, because it's specialty, right? It's specialty and it's. Um, Right now being touted as such, you know, like a miracle food. Oh, the collagen and the nutrients. Yeah, exactly. Here's something interesting about bone broth and me. It makes me very inflamed. When I have ever, I mean, of course, bone broth is not part of a clean fast because it's full of protein and that actually interrupts autophagy. So it's really basically you're doing an ultra low calorie diet when you're doing a, a bone broth. They call it a bone broth fast, but it's not fasting, obviously, because it's, you know, it's food for the body. But whenever I would... I'm like, you know, there was a time we had someone who sponsored intermittent fasting podcast that I was on with Melanie and it was a bone broth company and the, it was very high quality and they sent it to me for free and it was delicious. I love, they had soups that they made with the bone broth and Bonafide, I think was the name of it. It was absolutely delicious soup. I loved their soup, but whenever I would drink it, I would get so puffy and inflamed and it's not just because of the sodium. Whenever I would make it at home with like an organic chicken carcass, I would always get so puffy. For whatever reason, my body does not like bone broth. And I think, you know, her guidelines were you to pick a day a week. You weren't drinking it like not eating food. Like you pick a day and you or two days a week, maybe Tuesday, Thursday or something like that. And just, just use bone broth. Do not eat that day. Just when you're hungry. And the funny thing is, you know, I'd go to work and I'd open up the thermos. It's like, having soup (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you can only i I work in an area where you can you have nuclear substances so you can only eat and drink in certain areas so you congregate there (laughs) it's like it was in a water bottle it's just like where's the soup smell coming from people couldn't figure it out i didn't really want to say hey i'm drinking bone broth all the time i'm actually 
actually sad that it doesn't feel good that I don't respond well to it because it is very cozy. Like it was, it would be something I would like to drink when my window was open in the wintertime. I would enjoy drinking a cozy cup of bone broth just because it's like cozy, but I don't want to feel all puffy. I agree. Like I I felt like it was like tea in a way, you know, it's nice to have hot tea in the summer is kind of weird. But anyway, that weekend it was like, okay, did I like, (laughs) I'm weighing my every day and on the third day yes I dropped like five pounds you know? <laughs> and I knew okay this is I but you know what physically the angry hunger pains on the third day specifically the 72 hour marker I don't know and I know like I, I I'm uneducated about how long to do this you know so I realized hey this is interesting I wonder if I could go longer but I did break the fast have a meal and then I thought you know I'm learning that book and I'm not going to fast for the rest of the week. I'm just going to try eating one meal a day. I've heard of OMAD. So that's when I went forward with that in the first week of September. And then I got the book and arrived like three days later, Fast Feast for Sight. And I think I read it in like two nights, like just eat it up. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, this is the answer. I think this is the answer. And you know what? I have to say the the clean fast. Oh, my goodness. I love cleaning my coffee. My mother will be 93 at the end of this month, and she's always drank black coffee. My mother's, her frame is, I'm more my Ukrainian grandmother's side, and she's more like, she looks like Doris Day, petite, tiny, skinny, skinny legs. She's never had cellulite in her life, even, and, you know, her legs were great in her 90s. Anyway, so she always said, you got to switch to black. Don't drink, you can't have that stuff in your coffee. And then, you know, there were some reports, I guess, some scientific studies, because working in a nuclear medicine department, we do health tests uh, for heart, and there's cardiologists involved, and quite often, you know, you're listening, and they're giving their their own patients, they would come for a specific day to do their own patients in a hospital study to do these tests, and they're with them like 10, 15 minutes, and this one physician, and I call him a unicorn cardiologist, because he's like none other, he's just really, really special. And he'll tell his patients, he knows their backgrounds, he knows everything, all the meds are on. He has thousands of patients yet, he knows he's a great memory. But he was saying to one patient, well, there's a there's a thing about blood pressure, you know, about black coffee, and, you know, black coffee is safe, but actually lowers blood pressure, because this patient had blood pressure issues with their heart problems. And, but as soon as you put milk or cream in, it negates the benefits of black coffee. And I'm going, oh, my mother's right. She's right. The wisdom of the mothers, right? So for the first, I'd say the first three months, I ignored, I didn't put sugar in or stopped all sweeteners. That was another thing I found that was very interesting, especially I think Jason's song, but artificial sweeteners. What is it doing cellularly to you, like maltodextrin? I think it's at the root of all of our metabolic problems right now. And literally every time I go to Costco and I'm going into the beverage department and getting my plain, unflavored sparkling water, it's hard to find because there's so many other beverages and all of them are flavored and sweetened. And I'm like, here is the obesity epidemic for real. It's not about it's driving our appetites, it's confusing our bodies, it's causing our blood sugar to go nuts because the insulin pumps out and but nothing really is coming in. I think that all these sweetened and flavored zero calorie beverages are at the root of a lot of the problem. That that thing that Dr. Fung talked about, as soon as you drink you taste something sweet, the brain does send a signal to the pancreas. Yeah, the cephalic phase insulin response. Yeah, the response says, "Hey, release some insulin." So even though it's no calorie, 
I am shocked that physicians, like I've, I've even brought this up with my own general practitioner, my family doctor, and she's never heard that. <laughs> I like, but she admits nutrition's not our forte in school. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. And no one really has a reason to prove that, right? There's no benefit to a study because, like, you know, the aspartame industry doesn't want that information out there or the the sweetener industry doesn't want you to know that. So really no one has any motivation to do that research or to fund it. But, you know, I've, I've been wearing a CGM. I just took it off this morning and I'm already missing it. I've been going through Zoe again. And it is so interesting to watch my blood sugar And when I eat, and of course, I don't drink artificial sweeteners ever, but when I start eating, like my blood sugar might be, let's say, 75 because I've been fasting and it's 75 or maybe it's like 78 or something. And then I'll eat my whatever it is. Maybe I'll start with like, you know, an English muffin with avocado on top. And my body, of course, has to digest that before it can start releasing the glucose into my blood. But I have noticed every time I eat, my blood sugar drops right after I eat. I mean, not like dangerously. It drops a little bit. But I'm like, there's the cephalic phase insulin response because my body's like, food's coming in. And so it releases some insulin. My blood sugar goes down, not too much, but it goes down a little bit immediately after I eat. And then it comes back up because your body's always, you know, trying to regulate that. But it's fascinating to see there's the cephalic phase insulin response. Yeah. So, you know, the thing about sweeteners and, but when I heard that thing about the black coffee, I'm like, ugh, right, today, today. So you today. did not I mean, take the cream out right away is what you're saying. You were out. stubborn. Was, you I were the stubborn. extra rebel. Yeah. No milk. I don't like milk and coffee or tea. I like black tea, but um, for coffee, it had to be 18% cream or heavy cream. So that day I thought, 
you know, okay, we're going to black. Oh, so bitter. But you have to, your taste buds do have to have time to adjust. So then I decided, okay, you can do this in the, to, to clean fast because I read it, you said it, and yet I still like, I can't do this. So I think that was in the third month and maybe I'm into now weight loss, you know, nothing really, maybe a pound, maybe a pound. So now I'm into the 12th week and really the first, you know, you talk about 28 days, not long enough, 48 or whatever, another month, not long enough, like. I think that you need the the 90 days. Well, let me also put a little interesting point here. Would you say that your adaptation occurred also similar to when you began the clean fast? I think so. Yeah, if I had been maybe clean fasting from day one, maybe. It might have been sooner. So really, you probably were, you know, building up all that time and that cream was really keeping you from flipping that metabolic switch to your own fat burning because it was just enough and it's food. And it's like, it's just like the bone broth being a low calorie diet. When you put that cream in your coffee, it is food because it is nature's food for the the baby cow that's growing. That's what it's designed for, right? It's And that's the period of time when that baby cow is doubling in size. So it was just enough food for your body to like want that and not have to, I mean, our bodies are... I don't want to say lazy because they're not, but they are like going to use what you're putting in rather than dipping in the fat stores. And I don't know, maybe a tablespoon of cream, how many calories is that? But even so, you're right. Like you have to, during your fasting period, water, sparkling water, tea, coffee, bitter. I don't know what else is bitter. Are there other things that would be Like as far as like herbal teas, like yerba mate, for example, like a yerba mate is bitter, but there, you know, most of the herbal teas you know, have sweet profiles. I wouldn't risk it, but like maybe a yerba mate is okay. And I might not be saying that right. I never know how to say it, but you know, you want to avoid the others. And, and hilariously, this is like three months in. This is now December, you know, Christmas baking. It's bad time to not have cream in your coffee. So, you know what? I decided, okay, I am not, I'm going to go to block. My mother was so pleased. We don't live in the same city. So visiting her because you're black. That's great. She was so happy for me. That's going to solve a lot of you know, because she's so slim. And your weight problems. That's going to solve your weight. And I'm like, mom. Thanks, mom. But, I'm um, built different than yeah. your mom, right? Well, my mother <laughs> has five children in our family, four daughters, and two of the same build and two of her build. So the, not to say that our frames or our bones are much different. Because I can attest to that being in medical imaging, you know, people's ribs and spine and pelvis really men and women vary a little bit. But unless you're like six four or like four eleven, there isn't much difference. When people say I'm big boned, that's not really true. Your major organs stuffed in your torso, almost the majority of women and then I guess men can be a little different because they're long, you know, they're usually taller. But it's the peripheral fat around you and I see it you see it I see it we do bone scans the mineral it's a mineral mixed with a radio tracer so the bone cell called an osteoblast will pick up this mineral as a phosphate whatever doesn't get picked up uh, is still circulating for a few hours in the um, system the um, the capillary system and the you know venous blood system whatever so you sort of see like a shadow of outside of the bone like what's all this stuff like you're free that's the fat and so you see quite often especially people who are very overweight and they're you know they're maybe men they're barrel chested but they're really i mean maybe they're wearing a size 48 jacket 
but it's because the fat has pushed the rib, you know, things have pushed that. So I think it's very interesting to see. Like you can see that visceral fat. You can see that visceral, yes, not the, the fat that's in the organ. I guess that's adipose. But you can see the visceral fat. And especially, it's this is a sad thing, but, you know, especially patients will say, you know, they're here for, I have low back pain and my knees are killing me, my ankles are sore. And you know, they're probably a hundred pounds overweight. And then you see the bone scan and you see the bone rubbing on bone and um, it's a hot, you know, hot area. It's really, the cells are really irritated from that. So I've seen it, you know, from that perspective, not just, you know, people with cancer and other things, of course, uh, very serious issues and these bone scans look different, but when you see that peripheral tissue and it's sort of like, then it's sort of like it folds, you know, like it's, you got the back fat, you got the, the tummy fat, and then you got, you know, the groin fat. <laughs> it's like, so you see these folds and you're going, oh my gosh. Like, so it's, it's very interesting that it's not so much that we're all different frames. I don't think it's more, you know, what, how is your body holding on to the calories? How many you're eating too much calories or whatever, but it's not just calories, but it's probably the carbohydrates, sugar, but how our body, our excess, we're eating too much, obviously. Yeah, we are. We're eating, we're eating too much. And when we eat too much, our body stores, stores it away. And that that's that's just it's our body. For a rainy day. Yeah, like, well, <laughs> we got extra. And, and that's that's how our bodies were adapted to survive in an environment where we didn't know how the winter was going to be, right? We didn't know. So we needed to store it away. But winter never comes in the modern world because there's food 24-7 if you want it. And cellularly, too, this is kind of sad that people, we all know about photosynthesis, you know, how the trees and greenly, you know, the green leaves, they get their energy from the sun and all that stuff. But we don't even know about the Krebs cycle. Our own bodies, how ener- our cells make energy. And that cycle and how it is so complicated, so, you know, we are so wonderfully made. We don't realize how amazing... And when you eat food, you know, or you have, let's say you have a drug injected or you, eat, you take drugs, cellularly things are affected. You're, when you eat food, nutrients, it's the same to yourself. The breakdown of those nutrients are going to affect how they're working. So I'm known, you know, here I am, I am overweight and I, and I need to go down probably another like 70 pounds at least to be of a healthy, I don't mean BMI, but to be more cellularly uh, healthy. Are you already saying you need to lose 70 more pounds now? Yes. Okay. How much have you lost? Yeah, a year and 15 months. I've lost about 25 pounds. I, I lost a little more than I gained it back and lost. Because, yeah, when you let your window slide, so I was trying to do five-hour window or four-hour window and really one meal or a snack and then a meal. But let's say, oh, I'm going to have lunch today. So lunch and then like when those things happen over a week or two, oh, yeah, it's hard to not gain weight for me. The other thing is, I think for my body type, and I'm, I'm we're talking about Zoe a bit, not available in Canada. Oh, I know. Okay. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm, I actually don't work for Zoe. <laughs> Sometimes people <laughs> talk about it so much. They're like, um, I'm having trouble with my sensor. I'm like, I don't, I don't know the answer to that because I don't work for Zoe. Email Zoe, talk to Zoe, but I just, I'm a customer of theirs. And I, I found it actually, you know, not they didn't find me. I found them. I, I love what they were doing. And I, I like paid for it myself. And you know. <laughs> Well, I really would, would like to know, like, am I, I think I'm more, you know, fat and carb. I'm probably very carbohydrate sensitive. I think in my case, there was a time I thought I had COVID, but it kept testing and was cold. 
in working in healthcare, you cannot work in healthcare unless you did all your vaccines and you know everything like that. So I'm like, I can't believe I have COVID. Like, but it was a cold. So there was a period of time, I think it was five days. I didn't want to eat. I think I just had maybe some bone broth. I did have some broth, but I just didn't want to eat because my system. You need it. Your body said, don't, don't put a food in. I need yeah. to heal. Yeah. So this was in early October and you know, I, okay, I'm going to weigh myself. It's been a week. I really haven't eaten much in five days. Like I realized that I've done alternate day fasting because I think I'm probably hyperinsulinemia. but that five days showed, yes, you know, yes, I dropped weight, but I was sick. So the weight, you know, fluid came up a bit, but I do think I'm hyperinsulinemia because um, my blood sugar, I do test it quite often fasting. And then after, you know, two hours after I eat to see if it, you know, drops. I haven't tried a continuous glucose monitor. I probably could do that. If you could get one of those, that would be what I would advise for anybody who's struggling with weight loss. And and this is, you know, I know a lot more now, even than when I wrote Fast Feast Repeat, because I hadn't gone through Zoe yet when I wrote it. I hadn't worn a CGM, but I didn't have any. Maybe I need my fasted insulin from 2019. But I think everyone who's struggling needs to get a fasted insulin test to find out what your fasted insulin level is. Because if it's high, that's probably why you're not tapping into your fat well. You've got to work on getting that insulin down however you can. Fasting is great. Maybe that's why somebody needs alternate daily fasting because that'll get it down more. Food choices also. But wearing a CGM is another tool that's so important. Although you can have great blood sugar control and really, really high insulin. Well, I believe that must be my situation because to get a fasting insulin, is not covered by our provincial healthcare publicly funded system, which is great. You know, hey, hey, like way to go, Canada. You know, way to go having publicly funded healthcare. It's great. But if you want something extra, whatever, no, if, if your doctor will not allow, can't order things unless you have some sort of pre existing condition. So I did demand from her at one point, I said, hey, I'm 58. I haven't had a fasting, a glucose tolerance test. I've had fasting. Uh, uh, sugar levels, uh, or the A1C, which was normal uh, for two years. Even before doing this, it was normal. So I said, I wanted a glucose tolerance test. Normal. And yet I'm not, you know, I am doing alternate day fasting and I wasn't seen as far as weight loss. So I said, can I get a fasting insulin? Sometimes they can do it at the same time. Oh no, you don't qualify, Donna. You're not diabetic. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Okay. okay. Can I pay for this? Oh, it's comp. No, no. So it's very frustrating that I can't even get a fasting insulin. It's not. That is really frustrating. And you can't even pay for it? No, no. The private lab situation, if you get a physician who orders it and then there's fees that maybe um, they have an agreement with the lab that it's paid through the doctor's office or something. You're paying the doctor who's paying the lab or something. There are naturopath doctors are in Canada and they can order certain tests. So they have that sort of thing. Chiropractic doctors can order x-rays, but there's a fee. So there are these little regulatory things that maybe I should go to a naturopath. Maybe that's how I could get a fasting. I would do it. I think that's a piece of the puzzle that just, it's really, really sad. A fasted insulin test is a leading indicator of what's happening in your body. And your body can maybe keep up with that increased demand for insulin for a long time before eventually your blood sugar goes out of control and then your A1C goes up. But 
you could have caught that a lot earlier if you knew what your fasted insulin was before it gets out of control. And the comment that my, my GP made was, well, look, your blood sugars are good. Let's say your insulin is levels high. You say you're fasting. So there's really no medicine, medication. Well, that's when you you say, okay, I'm going to have to do something with my eating. That's where the food as medicine comes in. And I know that none of us ever wants to change our food, at least at first. You know, That's why we start fasting because we're just changing when we eat instead of what we eat. But as you really start to dig down and see huh, you know, maybe changing what I eat will make the difference. And and you're not doing it because of a, you know, dieting or diet brain. You're doing it because you see, oh, my insulin is still high. And then you're motivated to change what you're eating for that purpose. And high insulin levels are an inflammatory response. And we know inflammatory response to all ourselves causes, you know, hardening of the arteries, atherosclerosis, you know, things going weight, blood pressure issues, all of these things. So I realized, yes, I have to get my insulin down. And so I I realized, yeah, I'm probably going to have to do a keto type diet. No breads, no, you know, hard carbs, sugars, you know, even though it's, you could have it in your window. That's the idea with intermittent fasting. You should have what you want in your window. And yet, yeah, I I suspect that is probably the key in in my history of of life. I have done um, keto where, you know, you went to a physician, you paid, it was a diet doctor thing. Yeah, I think he, someone's mentioned it was a Dr. Bernstein. I don't think they're in business anymore. Maybe the poor gentleman is retired. I don't know. I don't know. His license was. But it was totally keto. And yeah, I did get results. But when you realize you can't have any carbohydrates. Well, I also want to point out the, the 180 view of that, that you may want to even consider and try if you've never tried it. Have you ever read Mastering Diabetes? No. Who writes? Who wrote that? Um, I can't think of it. It's, it's a, a duo. It's a pair. And they're, they're type 1 diabetics, but it's also applicable because it's all about keeping your, your insulin low. And it's not just for type 1 diabetics. Even though they are type 1 diabetics, it's for everybody. But they talk about how a whole food plant-based diet through a low-fat paradigm, how that actually reverses insulin resistance. And I know that sounds crazy because we have been trained recently to believe the only way to correct insulin resistance is through keto or low-carb. But, you know, if you go back, there was this guy, what was his name? Kempner? Kemper? I can't remember. Kemper, maybe? He was at Duke University. And he did something crazy. It sounds insane when we think about it now because of the fact that we're all so trained to think you just got to lower your carbs. He had people, it was called the the rice diet, Duke University rice diet with his name and it kept, I can't, it starts with a K. You could probably Google it and find it. But he put people on, they were eating white rice. They could have white rice and like sugar. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but zero fat, no fat coming in at all. And I am not recommending you eat white rice and sh- just have sugar. No. But people were coming in diabetic and eating nothing but white rice and sugar. And then they were like perfectly normal. Like it has to do with a lot of people, like it, it has to do with the, the way I'm trying to explain it the way your body brings down your blood sugar, the way the insulin works, the fat, excess fat can actually kind of clog that all up and keep it from... In the liver processing of fat. And not even, yeah. Or even like as your as the insulin gets your body to move the blood sugar from your, your blood into the cells 
too much fat can interfere with that process. And so obviously when you eat low carb, then you are obviously not putting as much blood sugar in, but you're, you're not necessarily correcting the problem. Like for example, dairy, a lot of people who eat low carb and keto are including a lot of dairy. Well, dairy causes your body to release a good bit of insulin because it's growth promoting. So that, you know, that, that is probably one reason why that never worked for me because I was just loaded up on the dairy. But anyway, mastering diabetes is really, really interesting. It's just another way of looking at it. For anybody who's like, oh, low carb, I don't want to. Whole food plant-based is another option that might surprise you as something that you would enjoy. And it's got a lot of scientific backing. Just something to think about. Yeah. And what you say, certainly in, in your book, Fast Feast for Pew, but tweak it till it's right. So I do think though that, you know, fatty liver disease, yes, my triglycerides and those numbers, LDL and HDL have improved immensely. So maybe I needed, I hope, you know, I'm trying to feel better, but I needed the 15 months a year to get the liver back in a better state because your liver, it is the mouth. I mean, your heart, your, your brain is super important, of course, but the liver, the master organ, as far as uh, the chemical engine of, of how we, how our cells get the nutrients we need. So the liver, you know, had to heal, obviously. So I do feel, you know, and the other thing, I think this is another key issue for a lot of people, and that's probably me too, because when I was a, a you know, a younger person, Athletics were huge and um, exercise. Exercise does change how um, blood levels are of certain things. It's true. It's a cellular responsive exercise. So it's not so much to, um, you know, get muscle or whatever, lean down or whatever. Exercise causes things to happen in the body that nothing else can. It's like a drug in a way. So, and I'm talking, you know, somewhat vigorous. You have to do high intensity a little bit, maybe just, but just to get the, you have to get your heartbeat up to a certain level. Sometimes. Lifting weights, very important for, for other things, but, um, but exercise. And again, <laughs> this past year, I've had some foot injuries and things. So I haven't, you know, really been out there to um, hard exercise, mainly swimming. And that's been great. Swimming is such a great exercise to get your heartbeat up for sure too. But uh, yeah, like to incorporate that and, and change, look, look at the hard look at the diet and say, okay, for this week, like, we're going to try this. See how that's making how you, how you feel and, you know, your pant size <laughs> and scales. I hate the number, but, you know. I want to pop in there about diet again. And, you know, I'm not going to fall into the trap of, you know, I do great on a whole food plant-based diet. Everyone should now do that. You know, I don't believe that we all have one best way to eat. I never will believe that. Although I do think, you know, a lot of plants are good, good for our bodies. But I just put that information out there for anybody who thinks that low carb is the only way to get insulin down. The whole food plant-based people are also doing it. And um, that's just something to keep in mind, you know, have that, have that open mind and, and try it. And you may find you feel terrible eating that way and your body needs more meat and you need to have lower carbs. I believe, you know, that is also a possibility, but I just want people to know there are options. It's not like, well, everyone must go this one way. If fasting isn't working, you must then end up low carb. No. And I think the thing about fasting too, is that it is such a simple, it, I mean, there's no, you know, I'm not making bone broth. It's not like there's not stuff you have to buy. It is so simple. 
And I think the other thing I realized is the quality of food that most people, because we're all, oh my gosh, the grocery store is crazy with inflation and how prices have changed. Well, if you're not eating three times a day, you can buy, most people, hopefully, you can better afford for yourself. I don't, if you have to feed a family, it's very different, I understand. But the quality and, you know, maybe more organic stuff, you can afford that, which is kind of a strange thing, you know, you know, not to say that we all need to fast to save money, but really you are. It is true. You, you absolutely, you know, when you're not eating all the meals in the day, you, it's not as expensive, you know, and you can focus more on, you know, like I never mind paying more for something that's organic, although sometimes it's not more. I mean, even like at Walmart, you can buy things that are organic. I think organic is almost equivalent. That's what I'm finding as well, that the organic, like a can, canned organic vegetables are a great option. And like organic beans, for example, like I make my own hummus and organic chickpeas. You can find organic chickpeas, like you know, store brand version of it that are not not expensive. You could pay would pay more for the conventional you know, whatever. And and like hummus is very expensive to buy, but making it yourself is like so cheap, easy. It's, you can flavor it like you want. And I mean, some people, you know, I guess, is it a pulse? Is is it a bean? I think chickpeas, you know, I I have some family members who beans, they're very very intolerant, you know, even if they want to use the bean oil stuff, but they don't want to do it. But yes, like that is such a nutrient dense food. You know, beans are so good. And, you know, the other thing is I realized, you know, I really should eat more fish. Fish is such a great food also that is expensive. Do you but, like you fish? Know, I do like fish. I, I like more saltwater fish than um, freshwater. You know, we live, there's tons of lakes here and, and my husband's an amazing um, outdoorsman, you know, hunt, like he, in his family where he grew up, they never bought beef until he was maybe... 1819. Wow. They just got what they hunted, right? They shot a moose or they they would go at the party. They would shoot, maybe get a couple moose between the party. And his grandfather was a butcher. And I remember dating him in my teens. And it's like, I thought I was eating roast beef. That was moose. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, they would have moose all the time. You can't buy it. You have to hunt it. Right. Talk about organic grass-fed meat, right? Or whatever a moose eats. (laughs) Yeah. Both of his grandfathers were were um, um, Hudson, Hudson's Bay trappers. They trap in the winter to get pelts, and then they'd be guides in the summer. They, you know, a lot of it's close. We're close to Michigan, so a lot of Americans would come up through Michigan, and he, you know, they'd be in the wilderness of Canada, northern Ontario. And so, fish is a huge was a huge diet because they had fish all the time in the summer. And uh, but yeah, like I just feel like yes, I have to look at different things. I mean. Right now, it's just, what is it today? December. We're in the middle of December. I am baking like I'm off today. I am baking like crazy. But I said to my husband, "We're not eating it. I'm giving a lot away. I'm back to work. To, I'm at work tomorrow, and I'm going to be rather than giving out Christmas cards, I'm going to give boxes of baking." I know, well, it's it's fun to bake and bake these days. Yeah, and yeah. like I definitely don't want any store bought goodies. Don't bring them to me. I like to make them myself. I made these oatmeal cookies. They're called oatmeal breakfast cookies. They don't have any added fat in them. It's just, it's oatmeal, pumpkin puree. I get, I mean, there's like, it had um, organic chocolate chips and sweetened with maple syrup. That's it. You just make them and then you, you bake them and they're, they're not crunchy, but they're kind of chewy. And I loved them. Will loved them. Chad was like, no, I don't like the texture. But when I ate those, 
so good. I guess that's what, you know, bound it together. It's kind of like a solid form of overnight oats, I guess, or something. But it's like really convenient to just eat a little something to close my window. My blood sugar stayed steady as a rock after eating that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors, like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream, are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings, or the midnight munchies, yeah. You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. And I realized, you know, Christmas baking, yeah, come on. There's a lot of sugar, there's a lot of butter, there's a lot of fat. And that's the thing about fasting, too, that is, if you are fasting, hey, you know, if you want some, you have to just wait. Yeah, delay. You delay. And I think that's just, you know, it's such an amazing freedom, freedom. No more, okay, although like, we're just saying it to tweak a bit, not necessarily freedom maybe for me to go forward to say, yeah, I have to cut back on certain fats or, or cream or whatever. But, uh, but wow, like I don't understand why people think this is such a crazy thing. What, you're not eating? <laughs> it's absolutely freeing. I <laughs> yeah, my stepmother has finally started. I think she would consider herself an intermittent faster now. She's down like 45 pounds and she waits until about 130 to eat. Well, the other thing too, I have to say, yes, I haven't had weight loss to what I wish it would be, but I haven't gained weight almost every year since uh, I was in menopause. I'd say perimenopause starts two years before. So around 49, the signals of menopause were happening by 51. I was in menopause. And since that year, until I started in 2021, I gained every year. And I, I would write it down. Like, I almost want to burn those papers, but it's like, eee. I think that's a very important thing to keep in mind. If before you start fasting, your weight was steadily climbing, 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 and now you started intermittent fasting and your weight loss is slower than you hoped, but you've stopped gaining. If you have reversed the trajectory of gaining every year, think about how powerful that is. And, and I know it's, you know, everybody wants to lose 70 pounds or whatever you want to lose, but just to have halted the gaining is a huge positive. And I'm, I'm glad that you recognize that. Well, to get to my high school weight, that's 70 pounds. But it's one of those things that, you know, I realized, hey, I'm not scared about holidays, you know, Christmas, Easter. Those are gathering times in our family. Summer. I'm not, it doesn't bother me to think, okay, like I got to watch it. I got to watch it. No, it's not going to happen. We, I was out of town in a week in November and yeah, on vacation and yeah, had, you know, we'd have lunch like and supper. And then by the seventh or the sixth day, it's like, oh, I mean a lot more now. (laughs) (laughs) And you probably were like ready to stop. 
Yes. Well, yes and no. I mean, the food just in Mexico, the food was amazing. Love Mexican food. And I realized, you know what? Like this, you know, you're going back to real life. And then the next day, okay, fasting. No brainer. No brainer. And it's just, I have to say, and I've tried many things. I'm sure many women of my vintage, of many ladies who, who I've heard on your podcast too, have gone through so many different diets in their lifetime. And you can't, like, it's so frustrating to say that this is a lifestyle. It truly is. It truly is. And even, you know, my husband has said, oh, you've tried. You've lost your game. You've lost your game. And he is very disciplined. And he himself has, you know, he sort of does a method of fasting that's not true intermittent. But he'll, he'll only eat breakfast, doesn't want lunch, no snacks, and then have supper. And, you know, he lost a considerable amount of weight. He felt he was. He had to lose 25 pounds. He did from doing that. And he continued that for a couple of years, even before, you know, I, about intermittent fasting. So I've sort of said, well, let's go to OMAD one meal a day. Because, nope, I want my breakfast, which is fine. That's fine. But then, you know, I would prefer lunch and dinner if I was going to do it too. But, but um, he's not eating lunch anymore. So this is quite funny, especially. Is he's having breakfast and then dinner? Breakfast, uh, usually before nine. And then dinner will be, he'd prefer it at five. When you look at Jason Fung's book, I think in the obesity code, he has a graph. It's somewhere. I don't know where it is exactly. There's somewhere is a graph I've seen that Jason might even be just in his blog, one of his blog posts, but it shows how if we don't snack, just like the way we used to eat with breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and no snacking in between, we didn't have the whole beverage aisle. We just, you know, people just, you had time for your, your insulin to go down between meals. Because people were having digestive rest throughout the day. So what your husband is doing with breakfast and then no snacking and then dinner is way healthier than someone who is snacking all day long and eating all day long. So, you know, that might be just enough for his body. You know, maybe he doesn't need to concentrate at all on a short start to finish just taking that break in the middle of the day. His family, there's a lot of diabetes, uh, even if you're not overweight liver dysfunction and his levels have been very good his triglycerides and his uh, blood sugar has been very good so i really feel like you know he's he's listening to his, what he needs to do and i'm listening and i really need to listen more <laughs> 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 but, but yeah it's very um it's so simple and i don't understand why it is, seems to be so people can be very negative about it. I've gotten a lot of negativity about it. It challenges, you know, what we were taught about breakfast being the most important meal of the day. And also people might not realize why, why we eat, why they eat, why do we eat all the time? And so much of eating is habit and comfort. And people don't want to give that up because it's like, well, if I'm not, you know, having a breakfast sandwich, how can I enjoy my life? Because that gives them pleasure. And you find that you, there are other ways to have the pleasure. I have pleasure waking up with my black coffee and sitting on the porch in the dark and watching the sunrise. I don't have to have a breakfast sandwich. It's my black coffee. And so people just need to find new routines and ways to feel comforted. And I do think my my grandchildren, my, my daughter, I have one daughter and two sons, and my granddaughter or my granddaughter and my grandson, I'm finding that, you know, in this generation, maybe because some standards have changed, you know, about food allergies and introduce peanuts sooner, introduce like, you know, things that we, I did, were told to do by, by the uh, medical industry, you know, don't do this, don't do this now, it's different. And they're very intuitive as far as my daughter says, look, if they don't want to eat, they're not going to eat. 
They can take food with them to school if they need to, but um, she doesn't force them to eat anything. And hilariously, I you know one time, I think our grandson was two years old and he had, they had steak or something and that's all he wanted to eat. And so she's like, you want some vegetables or anything? Or other things. And he, he wasn't talking there a lot. I want meat. <laughs> His body knew what it needed. It needed he, some he, meat. He and she's like, I'm going to give him some of mine because I want meat. And she, we laughed about that. But it's like, you know what? Like, this is a better way. Whereas I know with my children growing and raising them, I was like, you have to eat. You have to eat. You can't go to school before you eat. Like, I was pushing that. And you know what? It's wrong. It is wrong. Yeah. Let the children decide what he wants meat, but he needs some meat. I love this. <laughs> I, I agree. You shouldn't give him candy all the time, whatever, but you know, they, they should eat. You should have nutritional food for them. But yeah, like if they, okay, well, you don't have to necessarily wait for lunch, but yeah, you don't need to do that. I think that's much better. So, and the same thing with juices, no juice. I remember always buying juice. Oh, me too. Why do I think the children need juice? Well, because the juice industry has convinced us that we need to. Yeah. And then people grow up and they're like, I hate the taste of water. I'm like, what? What? Because we've trained people not to drink plain water. Like our kids are putting flavor enhancers in everything and they are not appreciating just real water. Although they do, they do like sparkling water. So I remember one, one time my, my grandson, like he's four now, he's, Grandma, where's the Pellegrino? Oh. <laughs> I said, I don't have Pellegrino. I have some water from the fridge. She goes, oh, they want the, they like the bubble water. But it's not, definitely, she's not buying flavored things for them. So, wow. Well, tell me about some of your non-scale victories. Have you had, had some of those? You know, I have had noticed skin tags. And I realized, oh, that's a sign of diabetes or pre-diabetes. Well, if your skin tags are coming off, that's a sign your insulin is lowering. They'd gone. Yes. I didn't have a lot, but they were the side of the breast, you know, and I like on, on both sides, little, little ones gone. And it's like, what happened to that? I don't remember exfoliating them off. <laughs> Insulin lowering. Yeah. And um, I had a, a toe, like a grand, the big toe, an injury. And my, I did show it to my, you know, uh, I see my doctor every, twice a year, every six months because I'm on hormone replacement. And you cannot give, she they can't give prescriptions for a year long. Like you have to keep going, right? So anyway, so I see her every six months about that. And um, uh, I showed her my foot. I said, hey, do you think this is fungus? And so she took a sample, like a toenail thing, and it came back. And no, nope, it's clear. She was pretty confident. That's a foot injury. She was, I'll never heal. I don't think I'll ever heal. Well, you, you know, that was September-ish, 2021. I remember talking about that at the start. And now it's gone. And I showed it to her. And she said, whoa, is that the same foot? Did I take a picture? Well, she didn't take a picture. She says, really, that's gone. I'm, I would not have thought that whatever happened, she says, no, that will always stay with you for the rest of your life. I guess it was dented in and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and it healed. See, I believe in the healing power of fasting. Yeah. And another thing, you know, like I think too, women, I know I'm on hormone replacement, progesterone and estrogen. But, you know, I still was getting the crown of your head will get thinner. Men, you know, lose um, the testosterone for men. will go balder, I guess. But the crown of my head for sure was getting thinner and thinner, especially if you feel it in the sun. If you don't have a hat on, like it's burning, it's burning. No, it's, that has filled up. Hair on the top of my head has gotten, has filled up. It's not necessarily got thicker. It's not the same, of course, as your 20s, you know, your hair. But it's that, that spot. I could part the hair and see it. 
no, it's gone. <laughs> so I, I think that's weird. That's kind of weird. It's like, hey, buddy, like, how about taking some chunks off the backsides now? Like, you can work no, on we're that. fixing your hair now. <laughs> yeah, we're doing your hair. I'm no, I'm working control. on your toe. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Like, the wisdom of the body, for sure. Like, you only have one life, and uh, you want to feel well. I have relatives, like I mentioned, my mother is 93. Her sister lived to 93. She died a couple years ago. My mother's the youngest in her family. And, you know, she probably has been doing fasting herself because she never liked breakfast, never ate breakfast, even when we were children. You know, like she is always a skewed dessert. You can have my dessert. She would do make stuff or cookies for us, but she didn't eat them. So she was always conscious of extra calories, right? And her health is, you know, like she does love French fries. <laughs> Who can blame her? her? Health, They're her so health, good. For as far as pain. <laughs> And, you know, she walks around now, maybe in the last year or two, things have slowed down. But I remember when she turned 90, we went for a walk and there's a hill and she was like motoring up there so fast. I'm like, I can't believe she's doing this. So I think if, if you want to have a life that's enjoyable and without pain, you can't overindulge in crazy amount of processed foods and eat all you want when you want and never and never move. That really stuck in my head when I was writing Feast Without Fear, my second book, and really studying the blue zones and what they eat and how much they eat. The people that live a long time don't overeat. They don't eat a lot of food. That, what's the Japanese thing? Like, I, I don't know the term. Oh, uh, harahachibu. Harahachibu. Yeah, I think our dessert. I really think that that's true. Dessert every day. <laughs> yeah, you don't, and you don't need to be overly full every day. So, well, we are are really almost out of time. I can't <laughs> believe it. Oh, well, what a pleasure! It was so much fun. Oh gosh. I'd like to end with what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Well, I'm going to say both. I think I, I would say to someone, you know, the 28 day fast start is great. Keep, your expectation should not be, I'm going to lose 20 pounds or, you know, it's a great, it's a great thing. But it's in my case, and I didn't clean fast, but I needed 90 days. I needed three months to really realize, Hey, I can make it through a day or I can do alternate day fasting. And, you know, I've put that in at times and probably should do more. <laughs> <laughs> like a meatless Monday or a meat, mealless Monday. Mealless Monday. I mean, really, maybe you should. That might be the thing that really gets your insulin down. I think so. I really think so. Patience, patience, patience. I, I would recommend to anyone starting this that this is not a fast fix, but also this is something you can do forever until your heart stops beating. You know, when the heart starts stops beating, you stop too, right? So if you want your heart to keep beating for many years, Get going on this now. Cellular health, your body will thank you. I always, you know, it's a third person thing, but we can't control how we breathe or autonomic functions. Well, cellular function is not something we can control, so which is wonderful. Thank goodness we don't have to. Oh, I know if you had to micromanage all that, right? God. <laughs> <laughs> so get going. And, um, you know, I know it's just for Christmas, but I've said to people, hey, don't wait for New Year's or January. You can start, you can do 12 hours easily, you know, eight hours of sleeping or seven hours. Just that's wait till lunch. And then, but repeat, I guess that's the other part of that. It's like fast feet, repeat, 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 repeat. And that there's magic there. So, and I think something I wish I knew when I started was I wish I knew it was okay not to get into smaller uh, clothing sizes right away. 
I know I started September or read the book in September. I thought by Christmas, I'll be a five twelve. <laughs> that didn't happen. But and and that's okay. But you know, when you talk about body um, recomposition, recomposition, you gotta do some internal recomposition first. Did you by any chance have any scans of yourself? That would be really cool. You should have scanned <laughs> I, yourself. I have never had one myself. Oh, yes. That would be really good I, info. I know there would be roles. I'm sure there's roles there, but um, but not so much now. You know, like the packiness, you know, when they talk about the muffin top, yeah. even though my weight hasn't really gone down, I have checked my waist. I have lost about three inches in my waist. And I don't have that puffy the puffiness yeah Mm -hmm. I don't have that and I do think this is where exercise comes in that if you know definitely look for um, more opportunity I don't necessarily want to work as much I'm I'm hopefully going into retirement uh, next uh, spring oh congratulations (laughs) I know I thought I'd do it a couple years ago but you know something happened with the right (laughs) okay but anyway yeah like that's something that I think exercise you know, once you start, and I feel better, I am craving it more, which is a strange thing that you need to maybe exercise. And people have said this, I think, on your podcast. I've never exercised and I'm losing this weight. That is a component. You know, we're animals. We need to move. We need to move our bodies. I mean, even some bodies are more likely to need exercise for weight loss. That's that's a genetic component. My body, Sherry Bullock, who is co-host of Life Lessons, she her DNA report said, Yes, you need exercise to lose weight. Mine said, sorry, extra weight loss does not happen with exercise. But it still doesn't mean that I should be sedentary because that's not good for you. So I'm not going to lose weight by adding exercise, but I'm going to add health by adding exercise. So the benefits, and there's really no risk. You know, when they say the benefits outweigh the risks, you know, having this radiation test with this radiation, the benefits, again, the radiation outweighs the risk of getting cancer from having this radiation. The benefits of exercise, cannot be understated. And I see this because in healthcare, I see people in their 80s and 90s all the time. And they're active. Yes. Those who show up for some of these tests, and they do, they have to come because maybe they've had a stent put in and they started walking or whatever. Those who show up who are active, they can jump off the bed. Well, Donna, we are completely out of time, but thank you so much for telling your story today. I've really Uh, enjoyed it. Well, it was an honor and a pleasure. And thank you so much, Jen. Keep on doing your great work. Keep on going, Lee. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.
Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground, and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.